Welcome to the July 2019 update of our podcast, Star Trek Discovery. I'm Adele Austin Anderson. And I'm Gary Anderson. And we're a married couple who are longtime fans of Star Trek. For today's podcast, we'll catch you up on the Star Trek-related news that has come out since our last installment. This will include updates concerning the newly designated Star Trek Universe lineup at Comic-Con and also news on individual performers. So let's start off talking about Star Trek Picard. Recently, Picard staff writer and Pulitzer Prize winning novelist Michael Chabon was named as the official showrunner for the series. However, not much more information has been released about the much-anticipated Picard series since our last podcast. Currently filming in Los Angeles, the show stars Sir Patrick Stewart and is set 15 years after Picard left Starfleet under some troubling circumstances. Also, the series takes place following the destruction of Romulus. As fans may recall, the destruction of the Romulan homeworld was depicted at the beginning of the J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek reboot. Star Trek Universe head Alex Kurtzman served as one of the head writers on that film. Although this event occurred in the film, which introduced us to the Calvin timeline, the Picard series will be set in the Prime Universe. Actor and director Jonathan Frakes will will reunite with Stewart, his former uh, Next Generation castmate, to direct two episodes. However, Hanel Culpepper will direct the first two episodes. Now, you may remember, Gary, that she directed one of Star Trek Discovery's first season episodes, uh, Vaulting Ambition, which I really enjoyed, and last year's acclaimed second season episode, The Red Angel. Mm -hmm. Star Trek Picard is still expected to premiere on CBS All Access later this year in the U.S., Fans outside of the U.S. and in Canada can watch the new series via Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, we're really excited about Ms. Culpepper directing the the pilot for this series because she's the first African-American female to actually have that opportunity. So that's a real exciting chance for her. Well, she's also the first female to actually have the opportunity to direct you know, a premiere of one of the Star Trek shows. And do you know she's from Alabama? No, I did not know that. I <laughs> yes, did not know that. Is, In spite of being out from Alabama, she seems to be quite talented. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... So let's move on and talk about something positive. And, and we must say for our listeners that both Gary and I have family roots in Alabama, so... You had to go there. Didn't we you? had to you go had there. You had to go there. Okay, let's move on. Okay, uh, Short Treks, the the mini se- series of small episodes that have, that was introduced last year with four that were very, very exciting, um, ha- have been shown that going to be returning. In fact, we know from an Instagram posting by director Mark Pellington that the production started on Short Treks series in Toronto during the month of May. From Pellington's postings, at least one of the many many episodes will feature Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romaine in an episode called Chaos Theory. 
he provided us with another clue that this that the episode may have been written by Michael Chabon, who, as you may recall, wrote Calypso for the last season of the short treks, the the one about uh, uh, the series going into a thousand years into the future, which may have been prescient seeing what's going to happen in Star Trek Discovery episode uh, season three. And, and and as you may not remember, we it was our opinion that Calypso was one of the best of the short trek productions. Oh, definitely. Do really enjoyed that one. This one is as I said, features Peck and Romaine in the cast, and we believed it's safe to say that they are reprising their roles as Spock and Number One. No word no word on when this or any of the other newly filmed Short treks will be available for viewing by the general public, however. It's unclear as to whether they're going to precede the premiere of the Picard series or precede the premiere of the Deep Space Nines. Um, oops. <laughs> the Star Trek Discovery series. Right. So, I think another thing about it is that um, on an interview, Alex Kurtzman said that a few of the short tricks will be animated. Yes. So, it's kind of yeah. getting people ready for the animated series that they're going right. to have, the lower decks, and also the one that's going to be geared toward uh, children. Right. The one that's going to be on Nickelodeon. Right. Yeah. So, now let's turn our attention towards the San Diego Comic Con. 2019 which will be held July 18th to the 21st so it's coming up soon. Yep. It will feature several notable uh, Star Trek panels, guest appearances, exhibits and merchandise for um, for the Star Trek fans. Here's a description of the primary attractions. Comic-Con will feature the Star Trek Universe booth the USS Discovery Transporter Experience, and Trek Talent Meet and Greets. <laughs> According to the press release, fans are invited to step aboard the USS Discovery and travel to strange and distant lands through an immersive transporter experience. The attraction will also feature and meets and greets opportunities with several Star Trek talents. Another Star Trek attraction will be the Jean-Luc Picard, The First Duty exhibit. In celebration of Sir Patrick Stewart's return to his, to his iconic Star Trek Next Generation role, Jean-Luc Picard, The First Duty exhibit is a special exhibition showcasing original props, costumes, and other artifacts tracing Picard's life and Starfleet career. Items on display may include John Luke's cherished Resicon flute that he acquired in the Inner Light episode on Next Generation, the legendary Picard family uh, album, his Starfleet uniforms, model ships of Picard's that he, that he captained, and all that remains of the Borg Queen. <laughs> which ought to be the kind of gory when you think about it right the gallery also features exclusive first looks at costumes and other items featured in the upcoming cbs all access series the exhibition will include giveaways and provide fans with the first chance to spend their money on exclusive star trek picard merchandise gosh commerce 
how odd that they would actually do that at Comic-Con. <laughs> now, the main attraction for Star Trek fans in San Diego will take place Saturday, July 20th, when the Comic-Con will feature the first ever Star Trek back-to-back -back block of panel programming in its massive convention hall H. Now, you may um, find this out, but the reason why this opportunity actually exists is because Warner Brothers and DC Films pulled out of, of Hall H programming this, this year. They pulled the panel they were going to do on Wonder Woman 1984, and they, they've actually reduced the amount of time they're going to be spending on their DC TV shows. So it's... it's that's why the space was there but we're really happy because it gives them gives Star Trek this new whole approach to the Star Trek universe as a way of giving them a real showcase opportunity oh, yeah. outside of Star Trek Las, uh, Las Vegas the Star Trek universe panel is going to be a 90 minute program featuring the cast and producers from Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard and the animated series Star Trek Lower Decks Star Trek Discovery cast scheduled to appear include at this moment. Well, at this moment, Sonequa Martin Green, alongside executive producers Alex Kurtzman, Michelle Paradise, and Heather Caden, with series guest star Tig Notaro, who plays Chief Engineer Reno, who is going to be moderating the conversation. And that's the first time we've actually heard her being officially called Chief Engineer um, Reno because. Right. We didn't have a chief engineer for the first season that we had designated. There was always somebody they talked about chief engineer, but they never gave them a name. And so now, obviously, that's been that. That's the job she's got. And also, you can see from the description that Tig uh, Nataro is going to remain to be, you know, that she's going to she's going to be in there every once right, in a while. Right, right. Uh, she won't be like Scotty where she's in a regular. Right, and right. that is really because you know she's admitted herself she has a hard time learning her lines and she also and has productions that she's doing outside of outside it. of it right right so i understand that i'm just i mean i find the the little bit that we got of her i think was entertaining oh yeah and, definitely. and i and i think she's a nice addition and i'm really happy that she's gonna be returning and i'm and i'm glad the ship actually has a chief engineer now. right 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 um the other thing is i do suspect that more names from the cast are going to be added to that i find it odd that sonequa is and and tig are the only two cast members that are listed i think it's because they're probably working out the schedules right for the other cast members but i would i would find it odd that doug jones would not be part of the group of people who would be on a panel right so we'll see yeah we'll see so anyway, so let's talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. That panel will feature co-creator and executive producer Michael McMahon, plus surprise guests sharing an exclusive first look at the upcoming animated series. And then, of course, uh, they're going to showcase Star Trek Picard. These cast members from the show will come together for the series' first Comic-Con. The panel will feature Sir Patrick Stewart, Allison Pill, Michelle Hurd, um, Evan Evagora, mm -hmm. uh, Isa Briones, Santiago Cabrera, and Harry Treadaway, alongside executive producers Alex Kurtzman, Michael Chabon, Akiva Goldsman 
and Heather Caden. Yep, it's going to be a full-on press with that show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that's going to be really exciting. Okay, now let's move on to other news. There's an update on the Nichelle Nichols situation. We wish we had better things to say, but uh, concerning Nichelle Nichols, the actress who originated the role of Uhura in the classic Star Trek series. As we've previously reported, Miss Nichols is suffering from the early stages of dementia and unfortunately is in the middle of a battle over her care between her son, Kyle Johnson, and her longtime manager, Gilbert Bell. On June 17th, in the Superior Court of Los Angeles County, Bell filed a temporary restraining order against Johnson, charging Nichols' son was with abusive language and threatening his life. Complicating this matter is the fact that Bell is a tenant on property owned by Nichols, which is currently controlled by her son, who is appointed as the conservator of her estate. Now, as far as we know, Nichelle Nichols has been keeping up with her schedule of appearances um, at conventions across the United States. Just last weekend, she was one of the featured guests at the Wisconsin uh, Comic Con. This week, from July 4th to the 7th, she is scheduled to appear at the Florida Supercon. Other scheduled appearances include photo opportunities in Baltimore, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, New York, and Minneapolis. And of course, a major celebration of her life and career is slated for May 1st to the 3rd next year during the Nichelle Nichols Farewell Convention in Burbank, California. We continue to wish Miss Nichols well and hope she will live the remainder of her life surrounded by caring people truly looking out after her best interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, in memoriam, as some of you may know, Star Trek IV, Paramount's desired fourth installment in the Star Trek film series, uh, dealing with the Calvin universe, has been canceled. No, after no progress that was made regarding contract agreements with the movie stars, the movie's projected stars, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, it's become clear that the that the project has just been scuttled. The director has moved on to other projects of her own, um, and Pine and Hemsworth seem to be scheduling activity for other film projects that would make it impossible for them to slot this in in any short time anyway. Mm-hmm. As you may remember, Adele and I have a difference of opinion about the short-lived film series. Ill-conceived from the beginning, oh my thankfully the time has come to lay this series oh down to rest and say goodbye to the Calvin timeline. Rest in peace. All right, so um, I will not comment on Gary's characterization of the series. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, we also would like to do tributes uh, to people who have passed away uh, this year who were connected to the Star Trek franchise. On January 6th, we saw the passing of English character actor W. Morgan Shepard. Shepard has played four roles in the TV series Next Generation and Voyager, as well as been featured in The Undiscovered Country 
and the 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. And then another one which we actually talked about uh, in an earlier podcast, and that is Texas native Mor- Morgan Wood- Woodard died at the age of 93 on February 22nd. He's a veteran of 400 character roles in television and films. Star Trek fans will best remember him in the original series as Simon Van Gelder in the episode Dagger of the Mind and Captain um, Ronald Tracy in the episode The Omega Glory. Yes, the one with the gangs and the calms. Yes, yes. On April 1st, Vonda N. McIntyre passed away. Known as the author of the of several Star Trek novels, a few of her story inventions became actually canon. So we've been very excited about that. For instance, in one of her novels, she gave Sulu the name Hakaru. The name later became canon when cited in the film Undiscovered Country. So next we want to recognize uh, black actor Jesse Lawrence Ferguson, um, who was born in the Bronx, New York. He recently died, or a few months ago, he died on April 26. Mr. Ferguson earned many television and film credits, primarily during the 1970s through the 1990s, including a notable role as a cop in John Singleton's best-known film, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, he's the abusive cop, the one that's kind of intimidating to the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, he makes our list for his guest starring role as Luton in the Next Generation episode, Code of Honor. Without a doubt, Code of Honor was one of the worst and most racially insensitive Star Trek episodes ever produced. Yeah, as far as one of the worst, I think you can debate with other episodes like Spock's Brain. Um you, where people can say, okay, well, you know, whether that was the worst or not. Right. But as racially insensitive, I think this one goes down as the most racially insensitive. Oh, definitely. The character of Lutan and the whole formation of the alien planet that they live on is pretty, pretty insulting. Oh, and, and, yeah. And, and, and it was, for me as a Star Trek fan, it was really kind of shocking to see that because that was one of the first episodes of Next Generation yes, and see that that was the tone that, that the show was taking which is the reason why I stopped watching this series well yeah. same with me that yeah. first year I yep. stopped watching it yeah. and you know I mean it's really a miracle that they were able to turn you know I would say that ship around yeah, it you took know. a couple of seasons but yeah you're right it, it, it was it, that that was a hard pill to swallow yeah definitely so, but we're sorry to hear that the, that Mr. Ferguson has passed passed away yeah. yeah and then our final tribute goes to producer writer show editor Peter Allen Fields who passed recently on June 19th at the age of 84 Fields was a staff writer for both TNG and DS9 and he also served as a co-producer for DS9 you may remember that Fields was known for some of Star Trek's finest episodes, including the Next Generation episode, The Inner Light, which we talked about previously. Yes. That's where Picard learns. He spends an entire lifetime in a spatter of seconds, and he learns how to play the flute, right. which, become, which we now know is going to be part of the Picard series. Right. It's one of his, it becomes one of his cherished, most cherished possessions. Right, yeah. right. Um, and he also wrote several DS9 episodes, including For the Uniform, Duet and in the pale moonlight, which is one of the best. 
Oh, episode. one of the best episodes. Yeah. It really is a tour de force it for, really is. For, for, for Avery Brooks. Brooks. That's yeah. a, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenally written episode. And it really allows um, Avery Brooks to showcase his talent as a stage actor. Right. Because it gives him basically a monologue to work with so really really good you know it's this is this you know this gentleman is a is a great loss because the show really is going to miss his talent oh know? yeah the, the, the field is going to have a miss an opportunity of a of great of a great writer so um for our next podcast here's our schedule for the next three months at the end of july we'll we will be back uh, a week after the San Diego Comic-Con t- uh, with any updates on Discovery, the Picard series, or any other Star Trek Universe project. In August, we will devote a podcast to a more in-depth review of the DS9 documentary, What We Left Behind, looking back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And then by September, we hope to have more substantive content on the Picard series. As well as the production schedule as to what's been happening with Discovery, the short treks, everything. So we got a sense as to how things are going. We, I, I think we should also assume that there might be some mo- motion on the Section 31 show. Yeah, and especially we, wanna, we want the question answered what happens to Giorgio? She's supposed to be the star of the Section Thirty One series, yeah. but she's a, she's into the future. Right. She's nine hundred right. years into the future. So does she come back? You know, or you know, what exactly happens? I suspect that what they probably didn't want to do was put her off the television for a year. The, right, and so that, that you wouldn't see her. That you for wouldn't a see year. her, and so she becomes a member of the cast. For discovery in the future so that you can still be engaged with her and her character and then easily trans you know transfer Somehow her she's gonna come, come back, back so yeah. that she so that she ends up being um the connecting tissue right. to the section 31 series i think that's what's gonna happen because and, and 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 as far as we know there's no indication that she comes back to the 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 time period of 2156 she could come back any time possible. I mean, just, we don't know how the story plays out. We don't out, know how it's going to But we happen. do know that she comes back. She's supposed to be in the Section 31 yeah, series. Yeah, she's the star of the series. Right, right, right exactly. Okay. All right. So, in closing, until, until next time, we'd like for you to like, subscribe, and follow Star Trek Age of Discovery on Twitter at Star Trek AOD, on Facebook, uh, at our website, Star Trek aod.net and also email the show at startrekaod at gmail.com with any ideas that you might have about subjects we could approach some interesting topics things that you want us to look at we'd also really appreciate it if you could give us a like in in iTunes um, to help us grow our audience until then live long and prosper